You can't run. You can't hide. And you know the fucking car won't start, cause... Duh! There is no escape from horrible horror. Movies so bad, they're scary. Survive the next hour with Marshall Hampton and Aaron Southworth, if you dare. What's up, Moon Goons? Welcome to Horrible Horror, the show where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me today is Miss Co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Hey, Aaron. how's it going, everybody? And happy birthday to Marshall Hampton. <sighs> Thank you so much. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. Actually, by the time of release, it should be actually your actual birthday. Yeah, yeah, it will be. So for you know, Moon Goons who actually get who listen to this right away, you can actually hear this on my birthday. And you should feel honored. You should feel honored. You can celebrate my birthday with me. Or terrified. It's <laughs> like, my God. <laughs> uh, but speaking of birthday, that is the exact perfect segue into this week's movie. We are doing uh, Bloody Birthday. This movie was released on April 28th of 1981. So we're going back to the 80s because it's just a treasure trove of greatness uh, from back then. Uh, this was written uh, by Ed Hunt and Barry Pearson and is also directed by Ed Hunt as well. You can find it on Amazon. That's really the only place I was able to really find it. Ed Hunt. Ed Hunt. Ed Hunt in relation to Mike Hunt. Yeah, exactly. Wah, wah, wah. Wah. I believe they're cousins. <laughs> Actually, I found it on uh, YouTube. You found it on YouTube? Streaming for free in excellent, even says H, like Blu-ray quality. And it was fantastic quality. Well, all right. There you go. Free. Free. Bow, bow. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that, so that's great. Yeah, now, uh, once I said that, I'm sure it's going to get taken down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I'm always aware of the YouTube stuff because sometimes it's just awful quality. It's just shit. Yeah, like when I watched Humanoids in the Deep, it was like cut up into several different sections. I had to like piecemeal it together, <laughs> but it's <was> still <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> um, this movie, uh, the cast is there's some interesting people in here, uh, from especially from an '80s perspective. Uh, first of all, let's start with the the star. Uh, Lori Lethman plays Joyce, the main main woman uh, girl in this movie. Uh, she's got 37 credits, and she, for you diehard horror fans and, and people who really pay attention to the show, uh, you might have heard that name before because she was the, she also starred in Return to Horror High, which we featured on this show about, you know, last year at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the main girl on that as, as well. That was with uh, Doug Jones, right? Yes. Coffee Doug Jones. Yes, it was. Uh, now, another 80s icon, if you will, is uh, Julie Brown, who plays B- uh, Beverly Brody. Now it's not downtown Julie Brown, but it's Julie Brown of she got seventy four credits to her name. Most notably, she was in Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, she was wait, wait 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 Julie Brown was in this movie. Yeah, shit. Yeah, uh, she was. She's also the voice of Zantana in the Batman animated series, and she was the voice of Minerva Mink in the cartoons, the Animaniacs, and Pinky and the Brain. Uh, for those of you who remember those growing Dude, up, I love Julie Brown. She used to have a TV show on MTV. Um, and plus she had a song, uh, 
everybody run. The homecoming queen's got a gun. Yeah, she, had, <laughs> she was like a weird 80s icon yeah, that's character. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's also in Clueless, where she played Mrs. Stoger, uh, or Stogar. And uh, just speaking of the 80s, <laughs> this was a quote of Julia Brown's I found about Madonna, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, she, she says about Madonna, all she did was take a little bit of talent and a bottle and a bottle of bleach, and suddenly she's the queen of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and coincidentally enough, she did work at MTV at the same time as downtown Julie Brown. Yeah. Uh, but she went by either West Coast Julie Brown or Miss Julie Brown, to, obviously to separate herself from the other Julie West Brown. West Coast Julie Brown. Yeah. Uh, then we have... If I'm not mistaken, downtown Julia Brown was British, I believe. Or at least she spoke with an accent. She was African. She was she's, black. She's black. She's definitely black. But she yeah. had an English accent. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. I, I, you might, I think she was right. What's up, everybody? Downtown Julia Brown. <laughs> My accents are horrible. <laughs> they are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we have uh, K.C. Martell, who plays Timmy Russell, the main, uh, kind of the main kid in this. Now, he, he has 35 credits. He also played Greg in the 1979 Amityville horror movie. Hmm. So he was the kid in that. And he also played Greg again in Steven Spielberg's all-time class, E.T. He was in E.T. as well. Oh, shit. Uh, and his last role was he played Eddie in 19 episodes of Growing Pains from 1985 to 1992. <laughs> and last I'm going to mention is uh, Billy Jane, who plays Curtis Taylor, one of the main, I guess, kids one of the main bad guys uh he's got 72 credits to his name he's done a ton of like tv and like tv movies and he's stuff. also the best child actor i think in this one. Oh, by by far yeah. yeah yeah uh he's he's done a ton of shit like he was in 18 episodes of silver spoons he was mikey randall on all 73 episodes of parker lewis can't lose never saw it he was also <laughs> in uh the 1983 cujo where he played played brett uh camber and he was in 1985, Just One of the Guys, which was about uh, a girl who wanted oh, to play football. Oh, shit. I love that movie. Yeah, it's he, not about a girl who wants to play football. If you've never seen Just right, One of the no, Guys, to, I should I think, punch you in no, the nose. No, it is. Because it's, it's your birthday, I won't. <laughs> no, it's a... Oh, shit. I have no I've seen the movie, but the cover, she's staying in a locker room with two football helmets over her boobs. Yes. Uh, that's why. That's what's made me think of football. That's a different movie. Uh but yeah, I know what you're talking about. She, he was in that. He played Buddy Griffin yeah, in that it's, movie. It's totally perfect. Who is awesome? He's a total perv in that movie. Yeah, and like he, it's such a great movie. I want to talk about that movie. <laughs> so, like, let's just get rid of that. Let's just talk about just one of the guys. <laughs> Fuck that movie is awesome. Yeah. All right, but now I totally see it. I totally see it. Yeah. Now. As soon as I saw yeah. this kid, like I know mm. you've seen that kid. He's done like throughout the eighties. He did so much shit throughout the eighties. He was a yeah. face you wouldn't recognize. Uh, so that's it for the cast. If I, if One of his best lines from that. I'm sorry, I got to okay. go back All to right, it. Go back. She's she's acting like a guy. She's trying to act like a guy, and he's trying to teach her how to act like a guy. He's like, let me see you scratch your balls. And she goes, she, and he's like, come on, come on. He's like, well, maybe my balls don't itch. She goes, all oh, balls itch. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, now just to uh, put this in context, because this movie is does deal with the whole premise is killer kids uh this was in 1981 but it, it uh also around the same time as eight other killer kid, children of the corn the most probably one more famous killer yeah kid, that didn't come out till 1984 the movie anyway and then the village of the damned uh the original black and white one was done in 1960 but the remake was in 1995 so there was kind of this you know time period of weird shit going on in the 80s you know and killer kids was trying, kind of knew they're trying to get out there in the change up the, the whole Slasher, slasher kind of yeah you know, hey let's mix it up a little bit. yeah let's make kids the killer 
So uh, with that said, we're going to go into the movie. Uh, and it opens with a very simple yet, I thought, hauntingly relaxing piano tune uh, as a credits roll. And this music kind of gave me flashbacks to, like the original old school uh, Resident Evil games. Cause it just made me think of like the music that's played when you were in like the safe room or like the, when the yeah. safe room with the typewriter. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it had it's that like kind of feel. You're running to it. away from zombie dogs and, and hunters and <laughs> zombies. And you're like, ah, oh, and you get in the room, it's like, oh. oh. It's just so peaceful. I can get my first aid spray. Or yeah, it's my like a spa. Spray. It's like just yeah. a spa there, you know. <laughs> anyway, someone give me some chamomile tea. <laughs> Need to mix my red and my green herbs together. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once the credits are over, we're taking to Meadowvale General Hospital on June 9th, nineteen seventy. And the first thing we notice is that I notice that it is a fucking windy ass day yes. on this. I mean, trees and bushes are just blowing everywhere. I mean, it's like I'm surprised a tornado just just ripped through this scene. It's so <laughs> damn windy. And we see this elderly doctor. He pulls up and he talks to this nurse who's standing outside waiting for him. And she, she mumbles something about the patient's fine, but now they have two more that are also in labor. And then they they go inside. Um, before they go inside, though, the doctor does say something about the eclipse. But it's so damn windy this scene, I can barely hear what they're saying. So there's a lunar eclipse coming. So lunar or solar? It's some well, kind it's of eclipse. At, it's at night, so I think it'd be a lunar eclipse. Because the sun's or something's blocking the moon from shining. Yeah, but it's the middle of the day, so I, I don't the know. the middle of the day? I thought it was night. And that's their issue, night for day, solar or day eclipse, for night. Eclipse, it's a fucking eclipse. Yeah, some kind of eclipse. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, but, but again, during the scene, like just said, the actors are squinting so hard and are doing their best right, not to make the win a problem, but they eventually just head inside. Um, now, I don't understand like why at this point the filmmakers didn't just wait to shoot this scene till the wind died down or something. Uh, it's like, for effect. It's like, ooh. Like, yeah, it's like, did they... <laughs> Like, I don't know why these rushes, but they it just felt weird. Like, it was so goddamn windy. Uh, so they head inside, and we get a time-lapse shot of the eclipse now, like, you know, going up. And the voiceover, the doctor talking to nurses about the three different women in labor. And, and showing the process of the eclipse while they're talking. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's time-lapse of the eclipse So-and-so going. just had a boy. So-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. And then the peak, peak the eclipse you hear babies hits. babies crying. It starts to become like a peak. jumbled mess. Yeah, it really does. It's just so much gibberish. But basically, we have... A women have given birth to two boys and a girl, and we fade away to Meadowvale Cemetery 10 years later on June 1st of 1980, and there's a couple of high school kids making out. The guy's feeling her up. We see some boob, and then suddenly the girl's like, you know what? I think someone's watching us. We should move, or we're way out in the open. Yeah, Somebody she, could see he, us. Yeah, he's he's really going for it, and I do got to give this guy credit. He's got a pretty smooth line. Oh. <laughs> I love this line. He's he's feeling her up, and she's kind of like, ah, and he's like, hey, do you want to play? Have you ever played ambulance? And she goes, what's that? And he puts his hand on her knee, and he goes, this is the ambulance, and starts running. His, he's, it's like, and whenever you want it to stop, you just say red light. He starts running the, his hand up her leg up to like her butt. And she goes, red light. And he goes, don't you know ambulances don't stop for red lights? Yeah, boom. boom. I like that. I was like, oh. <laughs> Gotta you gotta gotta teach that one to somebody. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm married, so <laughs> dude, ambulances is like. Rrr, rrr. Yeah. I'll be there in a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I got like, jump start this ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Battery's dead. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> so uh, basically, so what does this guy do then to, to satisfy that you know kind of ease the calmer down? Uh, well, he takes it to a much more intimate and romantic location. Some place they're not going to be seen. Exactly. A fucking open grave. She's all for it. I, I, <laughs> I shit you not, this fucking idiot thinks an open grave is where a girl wants to get plowed in. Like, just... <laughs> 
Come on, honey. This will be really romantic it's and sweet. Hot. Uh, but because this is a shitty movie, it fucking works. She's all for the it. The girl's like, all right. And she hops down <laughs> in. in. She hops down into the grave. Hell, she doesn't even say anything about the grave. She's like, just hops right on in. That's sweet. And they go right back at it. <laughs> so they're banking out again. They're laying in the dirt, which again, no girl just laying in the dirt, getting clothes dirty, dirt in her like hair. fresh dirt. Yeah. All, like, ugh. Yeah. And we see a POV shot of someone approaching the grave. And then all of a sudden we see dirt is like thrown down or falling down on top of them. So the guy stands up to see who the hell is throwing dirt on them. And he stands up and as soon as he turns around, just whack, whack. he just gets hit right in the face with this giant shovel. Not once, but twice. Twice. <laughs> he collapses down into the grave unconscious. The girl screams. Uh, and then like a noose or something is like lowered down. Like a rope, yeah. Yeah, and just so perfectly wraps around her neck and the ropes pulled tight she's lifted off her feet she dies right as the boy gets back up. back up he's trying to like lift her and try to get her free all of a sudden another shovel comes into frame whack yep. <laughs> <laughs> hits him again and down he goes <laughs> so now both the boy and the girl are either dead or unconscious and the grave is just you know just dirt starts mm-hmm. piling on top of them and we cut away to a nice little house in the burbs where we meet Joyce, who we learn, uh, we instantly learn is into astrology. That's her big thing. And uh, which at times, I mean, this was probably shot sure. in 79. It makes perfect sense for the times. Absolutely. Um, I mean, she's reading her charge and doing astrology stuff as her little brother climbs into the window. Uh, he's trying to be sneaky, but he fucks up when he knocks the knife off the kitchen counter. And she's like, you know, where were you? Why are you climbing through the window? And he's like, oh, I was out feeding the dog. I just got locked out. Had to, sne- you know, just doing way back. He's lying. He's she's lying. Like, hey, you're lying to me. But he he won't fess up. What yeah, he's it's doing. like whatever. Just go to bed. So the next day, we see Joyce running late for a job or internship or something at the local middle school where she's. I don't know. If she's a teacher, a teacher's assistant, a student teacher. I don't know. I never really learned what her they fucking never really role explain is here. because she's she's a high school student. She's, she's a, like, a like a senior, senior in high, high school, school, yeah, and she's in the classroom with all these like you know ten year olds. Yeah, like, it's really weird. In fourth grade, and she's not teaching the class, but she's I don't know if she's grading papers or what. Yeah, like if she's yeah. an assistant as her job, but she, if she's a high school, she should be in school. Herself. Maybe they had some sort of program. Yeah, it's really weird. Like they never explain it at all There's what no she does deal. there. Um, so anyway, the local sheriff is in the classroom and he's addressing the class, and one of the kids, <laughs> Curtis, stands up to answer a question. And right from the get, you just know you're not gonna like this kid. Something's off with this kid. I mean, he's he's got this. He answers the sheriff's question with like this giant, like shit-eating grin on his face, and he just, he sits down. He's smiling ear to ear, like he's like, I'm, I, I got it right. I'm, you, there's just something about him. Uh, and then one of the other kids smacks him with a spitball, which I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, but this is where things take a really dark turn because the sheriff just straight up asks the kids if they know what murder is. What do you kids know what murder is? Yeah. Mind you, they're like <laughs> just 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, they're basically, but yeah, they're 10 years old. It's like, what, fourth grade, I guess? Fourth graders yeah. are like, not like, hey, kids, don't talk to strangers or don't do this. Like, do you know what murder is? Right, and then the little girl, Debbie, stands up and she's like, oh, it's when another person kills another person, like on TV. And then <laughs> the, the, the cop's like, gets even darker. He's like, no. No. Not like TV because that's pretend. <laughs> yeah, these people are dead. Fuck, like, oh, dude. Yeah, Calm he's down. like intense. <laughs> uh, and we find out that Debbie is the sheriff's daughter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and then we meet Stephen, who's this blonde boy who's like friends with Curse, and he turns. He's like, "What do you think you are? A bunch of babies or something?" And then the sheriff holds up this wooden handle or grip from a jump rope and asks any of the kids if they have a jump rope with a handle like this. 
Uh, Curse and Debbie share a glance. You notice that as the sheriff goes on to say that Annie Smith and Duke Benson have been murdered and asks if any of the kids were in the cemetery last night. Again, like, if you're fishing for suspects, I don't think the fourth-grade classroom is your best bet. That's the place to start, like, fourth grades. Like, I know, or, I, we all know that the 10-year-olds like to hang out at the cemetery and, and murder. Go and, you better go <laughs> check them out first. Right. It's Come on. So the bell rings, the sheriff leaves, and afterwards the teacher, uh, Mrs. Davis, dis- dismisses the kids. Joyce rushes after Tommy. She pulls him aside and is like, hey, where were you last night? He swears he was not in the cemetery. She's like, fine, whatever. They let him go. Meanwhile, Debbie, Curse, and Steven approach Miss Davis and ask her if their whole class can be excused from homework next Monday because it's their birthdays and everyone's going to be at the party. So, so like, you get the idea. Okay, these are the three kids that were all born on the day of the eclipse. Yes, yeah. yes. They are the, the eclipse babies. Uh, Miss Davis says, nope, homework's more important than a party. And just because the three of them share a birthday doesn't make them special. Uh, Debbie continues to act all sweet. She's like, thank you. Okay, have a nice day. Well, you, behind her, Curse and St- Steve are just like staring daggers at this woman. Mean mugging. Mean mug. Yeah, they are. Uh, so the three kids are eating cookies in Debbie's kitchen. Uh, she says, like, hurry up. We're going to miss it. And then leaves the boys up to her bedroom closet. No, this part's fucking awesome. Yeah, where she charges each of the boys a quarter for the first minute and a dime for each additional minute to watch her older sister Beverly undressed through a peephole in the closet. And she's rocking out some sweet, like, late 70s, early 80s rock. Oh, and yeah. She's, like, doing a whole fucking strip tease. Yeah. She's like doing, like she, a whole routine, yeah. like, strip tease thing. And the kids are just like, yeah. Yeah, they're eating up. Of course, they're eating up. But I'm like, who is she dancing? She's just in a room by herself. Like, hey, man. You know, like, you I gotta, guess you got to dance. You got to dance. This but. is her thing. Like, she was changing her clothes, like, out of her, like, uh, school, school clothes, clothes and into, into her, her... her after-school <laughs> sex clothes or something. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Beverly's played by Julie Brown, like I, I said mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, and we do get a lot of tits in this scene. And I got to say, they look completely, pretty good. Completely nude. Complete, she gets, completely, she gets completely nude. You don't see front bush, but you see <laughs> you see ads and you see tits. She's got a great body in this Yeah, movie. and she's dancing, dude. It's like a whole striptease kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, she's and th- man, Curtis is into it. His face is against the the people. Oh, at first it's Steve because then Curtis yeah. like pulls him back, like get the fuck out of the way. It's my turn, and he is glued to that thing. Yeah, he he pays for the extra time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he forks up that extra dime. Yeah, and Debbie's looking at her hand like money, money, yeah, sixty cents. Yeah, I got a nice racket here. <laughs> so yeah, Barry's dancing around run room topless. Uh, and gets naked, and uh, she gets dressed again, but she doesn't put on any bra or panties when she gets dressed. She's nah, going no. full like commando. You said, sex clothes. She needs her sex clothes. Yeah. Uh, so Beverly then sees Joyce walking down the street through a window, and she rushes out to go catch up with her. Uh, the two of them, they have something. Keep okay. going. All right. The two of them talk about like the murdered kids. This scene. They're, so they're walking. So she runs up to go meet with Joyce. Yeah. So they're walking down the street. And it's right out of fucking Halloween. I thought the same I swear thing. Swear to God, it's very similar. It's yeah. the same scene when like Laurie Strode and whatever her the girl who always goes totally Linda walking, and Annie. Yeah, whenever they're walking down the street, and because they're walking down the street, they're talking about man, isn't that weird? They got murdered. Yeah, there's like this kind of this dour kind of scene. And then guess who pulls up? The cop father, <laughs> which is right out of Halloween. Same goddamn thing happens. Very very similar. Exact, almost the exact same thing. You can't deny. That this is directly well, no. I'm not saying it, there, you could. I, I'm not saying it's not influenced. It is, but there are there's scenes with Linda, sure, Annie, and, and Lori. It's so minor. I mean, yeah. it's so well. It's so. No, much you're right. Related. But the thing with the cop car is that they pull up. If, that's what I'm thinking of is when is when uh, Linda 
or Annie. Which one is it? Are you talking about Halloween? Yeah, where they pull up to the the cop car. They're smoking the joint. They pull up to at at the robbery at the hardware store. That's where the fear. I don't remember the sheriff pulling up to them. Regardless, it's still all right. We're off topic. So so related. Oh, I thought the same thing though. I totally thought the exact same Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So uh, where was I? Uh, We also oh uh, we also learned Beverly's dating a guy named Willard who you never really see except for like in the background in a few sheets, but he, he plays no point. Uh, and that we, Joyce's boyfriend Paul is actually like, like a freshman. He's away. At, he's in college already. Uh, so yeah, Beverly's the sheriff tells her to come home after dark, you know, because she doesn't want you know. You're, you're not. There's like, a psycho on the loose. Yeah, they keep psych- saying psycho. They love yeah. using that word in this they movie. Do. Psycho. Uh, so we follow the sheriff as he arrives home, and once he's inside, he puts his gun away in like this cabinet, and he turns on his. In- Fucking home security system, which is fucking huge. This is no ADT. No, this is like the si- it's the size of like a fuse box for a whole house. Yeah, it needs like a special key to operate, and uh, it locks all the doors. Yeah, it it this is up like Fort Knox like bullshit like level. Like I'm surprised there's not like two keys that we turn two different people at the exact same time. Like one, two, two three, three. Dink, dink. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's like. The guy is so paranoid. Oh, he's so paranoid. And he lives in, like, picturesque suburbia. Yes. Uh, and, like, seriously, I would never know, like, at the time, that like, this large metal box that we saw on the wall was a security system. I thought it was a fuse box. Right. But he, it, if he didn't get on his wife's case for not having it turned on with a psycho running around loose, because they used the word again right there, mm-hmm. uh, I had no idea that was – it's just – it's insane the size of the security system. Uh, but next we see a shot of one of the boys sitting up, sitting up at, like, a real old-school wooden – skateboard on the back steps is like a booby trap dude this skateboard is so old it's got clay wheels now this is like straight 60 70 skateboard like this is before the 80s when they got polyurethane wheels these are clay wheels <clears throat> crazy old skateboard yeah oh, straight from old. the 70s yeah, yeah. like in that the skinny little deck mm, the real skinny yeah a banana uh, banana deck is what they yeah, call thank, it. yeah yeah thank, i knew there was a term for that thank you uh so they set up the skateboard debbie calls her father outside to show him something and the sheriff heads out back, and they try to build suspense, like whether is he, is he going to step on the skateboard or not, is he going to fall? Up until this point, we don't know anything about these kids. They're just cute little sweet kids. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't know anything about these kids. Uh, but nope, he just steps over his skateboard, which actually at this point I was happy to see that because yeah. if he would have stepped on that skateboard and fell, I would I would have been really upset with the fact that he didn't see this large blue skateboard right, right. plainly visible in the middle of the steps uh, and easily avoidable. It was perfect because it seems like something kids would do. They're like, he's going to slip on the skateboard. It's like, kids, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Get the shit out of my way. <laughs> Put your toys away. Uh, so seeing that he didn't fall, Debbie looks really disappointed, and she has to come up with a plan B on the fly. So she drops the jump rope she was playing with at his feet, and he kneels down to pick it up, and you can see that the jump rope is missing one of the handles, the same and, handle type that he was addressing the kids about the strangled victims. Exactly. And he's like, oh, my daughter. Yeah. My, my so daughter's he, rope. He's still kneeling down. And he looks up at Debbie like, where'd you get this? And she just stands there and smiles at him. And then he gets Mark McGuire in the back of the head by <laughs> Steven. Steven comes out of the bushes with a fucking baseball bat yeah. and slugs him in the now, back of the head. He, Steven goes straight up Negan style on the back of the sheriff's head. I mean, he just destroys him. He hits him like four or five times yeah. in the back of the head with this baseball bat. Uh, Curtis comes up and takes the bat and just tosses it behind a skinny bush next gotta, to the Gotta steps. dispose of this evidence. Because like, that's the best fucking place I had a murder weapon. Just three feet from the body behind a skinny little bush. I mean, no one's gonna find it there. We got it. <laughs> we we got, got it. Got it covered. <laughs> so the two boys work together to move the sheriff's body over to the steps to, to make, make it, it look like an accident. To make it look like he did slip on the skateboard. That, that he fell, but like, 
But if they weren't suspecting, I'm sorry, but but what they, I have a major problem with this scene, but they weren't expecting Timmy now to show up through the back gate and catch them. So again, Debbie has to think on the fly and she screams out for mom saying, mom, mom, daddy fell. Mom rushes out, tosses Steven aside, just chucks him to the side, <laughs> checks the ship, and then she uh, uh, runs off to make the phone call for help. Meanwhile, Debbie's just glaring at Tommy, Timmy for like, you fucker. Just, oh, shit, you're next, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we cut to the sheriff's funeral, which I guess is supposed to be the very next day, which is a super quick turnaround well, for I a mean, funeral. I, they, they, don't, they don't elude. They just, But you know. it's got to be, if you think of it, because they were... The original scene at the school had probably took place on a Friday because... We don't know that. Think about it, because you said, we want can the kids be off, have no homework for next Monday, sure. which is their birthday. The, would it be the... Actually, we can figure this out. We can figure this out. You know what? Because... All right, Are fuck Are we it. really going to figure it out? I, I kind of want to, but fuck it. It's so minor, dude. It, uh, could, it could technically be Monday the kids talking to our class, or talking to the teacher saying, next Monday, can they be excused? It very well could be. We don't know. Uh, all right. You jump into conclusions. I'm not jumping. I'm yes, I'm are. I'm taking a little hop at best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, either way, there's still like no investigation, which seems a little weird. Yeah, that, I mean, that's getting smashed in the back of the head four or five times with a baseball bat. It's probably going to have a different representation upon injury instead of hitting your head on a concrete step. And the fact that everybody in the town keeps talking about a psycho on the loose and now right. the sheriff turns up dead. Uh, and also the fact that like you just mentioned somebody falling down the stairs, whatever, totally different, like skull fracture than their head being bashed in multiple times by a right, right. bat. Several, yeah. And also I think anybody who would look at the body would also think it was a little fishy that the sheriff's body was laying on the steps with his head, like up. And I mean, if he was supposed to have fallen down the stairs, he would have been at the bottom of the stairs, not on the stairs. It, the whole position of the body, nothing around here makes any sense. Nothing about this story makes but sense. But it's small at all. town suburbia, you know. They're just gonna say, "We're Marsha done it. Marsha <laughs> slipped on the skateboard. Put your toys away, kids. <laughs> Put your toys away." So, uh, <laughs> dude, I don't know if you did, you know how how if you watch this scene, but during this this funeral scene, there's this one kid. He's like this chubby blonde boy. It's the only time you see him in the entire movie, but he just looks completely lost. He, I mean, he's look. He's standing there, and he's like dead center too, right in the middle of the picture, and he's just looking left, to right, back and forth. His eyes are all big, but he, he doesn't know. He looks like he doesn't know what the fuck he's no, supposed I to be doing. It's hilarious. <laughs> I, I was like, it's the to me like the funniest thing in this movie is this this kid who's like, it's like he just stumbled onto the set one day. He's like, oh shit, am I supposed to be here? What's going on? <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off of Debbie's dress. It looked like something a character would wear in Castlevania. It was this like long white dress with like this. It was like a. I guess it was like the belt was supposed to be high, but it looked like a big fucking black cross. <laughs> it looked like something like some character wearing like a fucking scary video game or something. <sighs> and um, she wears it like at every funeral. Yeah, there's more she, funerals. Yeah, guys. there's more funerals. Yeah, <laughs> she wears yeah that same dress. Um, so also during the funeral, Debbie. Then we have there's this thing. Where Debbie looks at Timmy. And then over at Steven, who nods at her. Like, we're going to fucking kill him. Yeah, next. and then she looks, he, Curtis, who nods back, and then he looks, it, it basically is like that scene from like the uh, uh, Family Guy uh, Return of the Jedi episode, where like, they're on a sand barges, and, and they're just standing there just nodding at each other for like five minutes. It, it's very similar to that. It's just these kids looking back and forth, nodding at each other. Um, and we so we go to Curtis, Steven, and Timmy, and some other random kid now, we, who doesn't matter who he is, and they're playing hide-and-seek in a junkyard. And Steven's count, you know, he's doing the count, and the others, all three run off. And Curtis then 
tells him, you know, he has a real good hiding place. And I shit you not, Curse pulls out a fucking gun and tells this random kid, hey, don't copy your hiding space. Get out of here. Yeah. Don't you tell me where, don't, don't you tell me where the hiding place is or I'll me. Yeah. It's not that bad, but he's yeah. basically pointing a gun at his kid's face. He's like, all right, I'm out. He takes off like, running. I'm out of here. I'm never playing with you guys again. Yeah, rightfully so. He, he, he runs away and he tells him, like, oh, don't worry about it. It's a phony. And then tries to convince Timmy to hide in an old refrigerator. Side by side. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, an old side by side. And which... Doesn't take much convincing because Timmy just he gets inside. Yeah, I mean, he calls it. Kurt's like, or Timmy's like, nah, man, I'm not gonna do that. And Kurt's like, come on, chicken. Bark, bark, bark. And just yeah, the chicken. old chicken, the old chicken trick, which makes Timmy like, I'm not. He's crying. got Marty McFly syndrome. Yeah, I'll nobody sh- calls me chicken. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you, kid. So he gets inside the fridge, but Kurt is like, you dumbass. Yeah, gets up, slams the fridge closed, locks, locks it. it. And struts away like a fucking gangster. Yeah, they had this. Like, he sl- he slams him in the fridge. <laughs> Closes it, and then they do this wide shot of the whole, like, uh, junkyard. junkyard. And he's walking with this fucking strut, and I swear to God, all it's I like hear was, the, yeah, he's oh, like, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. He's, like, doing the, like, uh, almost like the Vince McMahon Yeah, or like strut. Conor McGregor kind of strut. Yeah. He's just strutting out of there, like, smiling like, ear dude, to ear. And he comes up, and Steven's there, and he's like, yeah, they gave a high five, yeah. and they just strut. I'm like, damn, these are some gangster-ass kids. That was a baller move. So... We jumped out to Joyce talking to Mr. Harding, who this is the one and only time we ever see this guy, too, about some astrology bullshit. And at this point, I'm not even sure who Mr. Harding is or what purpose he serves this movie because we never see him again. All we know is that they Beverly makes some kind of imp- implies that Joyce thinks he's cute and they work together on a paper or an article <laughs> or something. It again never comes to fruition. You never know. Doesn't fucking matter. So we'll tell you about it. <laughs> 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 Whoops! <laughs> it's all right. Why did I do it? Why did I... All right. So <laughs> there's a short. We get a short scene now of Curse at home with his grandfather, uh, and he's working on some kind of like electrical contraption, which Curse makes lights up by s- clipping alligator. So it kind of shows you that Curtis is pretty bright. You know, he's, he's like a smart a, kid. He's good with electro- electronics, which comes into play later. Yes. Um, now we're going back to Timmy and he pulls out this light up pen thing that he uses as a flashlight to help him see in the, in the fridge. And he starts going crazy for him. He's thrashing around screaming, but eventually he finds like this flat skinny, like little metal strip. And he uses that basically to pry open the latch and mm-hmm. escape. Now, um, I have, to, I do want to make a comment on the music that's played here. Once the fridge door opens, cause the music in my, it's like so triumphant that you would think Timmy just climbed Mount Everest. Or and uh, after nearly dying of frostbite or something, it, it just the music was so over the top. In my opinion for like he got is like yeah. like I don't know. It's like the most glorious thing. Like yeah, it's speaking of the music. Yeah, speaking of the music, the music either it has to be the same guy who did the Friday Thirteenth movies, the early early Friday Thirteenth movies, or they borrowed so heavily from it because it's so obvious it's so obvious like the scare scenes when they're running around and you know fighting and you know killing and all that all the reveals it's so friday 13th it's incredible hmm. it's incredible i we got to check to make sure like who did the music we got to well, see that because it's so much friday it sounds exactly like friday 13th yeah at, i at i think i'll look I, we could look it up easy yeah. and find out but um I, I didn't make put make that connection myself. Dude, I'm watching. I'm just like, man, it feels like I'm at Camp Crystal Lake, you know? <laughs> so um, 
he, 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 Timmy makes it home, tells Joyce what happened, but she doesn't really believe him. Uh, and she also hounds about where he was the other night. He's like, hey, you're, I'm still not convinced you were, you know, feeding the dog or whatever. So Timmy comes clean and says that he went over to Debbie's house, but she wasn't home. That he went over there to see Beverly naked through the peephole and just she charges him. <laughs> Again, Joyce laughs this off as like, oh, kids being kids. And he's like, you know what? I don't want you playing with Curtis anymore, regardless. So speaking of which, we go to Curtis and Steven and Debbie together in Debbie's like tree house thing, which is really just like a raised platform. Yeah. So I guess it's more like a tree deck. I, I don't know. There you go. Tree patio. Tree patio. Um, and Steven's mocking Mrs. Davis, the teacher. And then Curtis says, we'll make her quiet enough. And now the camera shows Debbie gluing a picture of Mrs. Davis into a scrapbook, which also has a newspaper article about the sheriff's death. So basically, these kids are keeping a murder book. Dude, it's it's a perfect, like, psycho trait. Or psycho. There I am using the trade. Yeah. Like, serial killer or, you know, mass murderer trait. It's the like trophy. having a trophy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so all kids are kind of sharing in this trophy. This, yeah. The murder book. Yeah. The, and, the murder book. <clears throat> the murder book. And so later that night, Curse knocks on Debbie's window. She lets him into the house. And she lets him take her father's gun, replacing it with supposedly the replica or the, the phony one that Curtis had earlier. Now, the next day, we join with Mrs. Davis in the teacher's lounge, I guess. But it could be it's like a fucking kitchen to me. Um, Curtis enters behind her, pulls out the gun. Thinking it's this replica, she tells him, hey, you bring it to school again. You know, one more time, I'm going to take away. And it's like, oh, the 80s. Yeah, I know. When you can bring a realistic toy gun to school. Dude, he points. <laughs> and just nobody cares. And no, it's like. <laughs> A fucking gun. Yeah. It looks... Ex- and he's like, you've been warned about this before. I ha- might have to take it away. <laughs> yeah, so apparently he's brought a gun to school before. And it's like, more eh. than one time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Curtis is like, okay, I'll put it away. He wraps it up in his jacket. And then he shoots her in the back, killing her. Uh, and I guess his thought was covering it up when... But the jacket was supposed to muffle the sound, yes. which does not do that work at all. <laughs> it sounds like those like, classic 80s gunshot sound, like when Dr. Loomis is shooting uh, uh, Michael Myers at the end of Halloween. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a It's a big sound. ass, uh, it is six, a, it's a dude, six six round revolver. It's it's like a big 38. Yeah. You know, and it, dude, it's got some fucking kick to it. I mean, this yeah. little kid, he's. You think this thing is going to throw him across a room? <laughs> it should. Uh, so in come Debbie and Steven as Curtis starts to clean up the blood. Uh, Debbie heads back outside to the playground where she meets up with Timmy and Joyce as they arrive. She's kind of playing like, look out, you know, watch, you know, the watch, uh, look out for everybody else. Joyce heads into the lounge, where, which is now spotless, by the way. Huh. All that blood in the matter of like, t- yeah, so, and the body is gone. So in a matter of like 10 seconds. Curtis and Steven have somehow managed to clean up all the blood and hide a body of an adult woman who is easily twice their size and weight. Dude, those little kids, man, bring more to my house. Dude, <laughs> put them to work. I got some housework for them to do. Dude, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I want you to clean the cat box. I want you to clean my kitchen. I got some dead bodies over there. And you just get there and they're like, don't worry, man. Don't we worry, got that. It. We're pros at that. <laughs> that. That's our forte. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> Steven, uh, at this time, we see Steven hiding like a wardrobe or closet. I mean, he's pouring the gun out of the crack door at Joyce who picks up one of the bloody sponges, but she thinks it's just paint as Curtis sneaks out the door behind her. But she hears the door close and she goes to check it out. And she's, but she just sees Curtis stand around with Debbie and Timmy talking. So they're like, okay, nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. 
But this is funny. As soon as Timmy sees Joyce go back inside, he punches Curtis yeah. right in the shit eating grin. I love this scene so much because he Curtis is coming up like, yeah, motherfucker, I see you got out. And, and he's, and like, he's like, just smiling. He's, he's got that big ass smile. Grin. He's looking at him like, yeah, I locked you in that fucking fridge. Good for you for getting out, <laughs> asshole. And Timmy's look, looking at Joyce. He's like, okay, all right. Boom! Boom. <laughs> Throws like a big haymaker, knocking him down, and gets on top of some ground and pound, going, "I'm chicken, buck buck, what's up?" Nah. Yeah, and he's just, <laughs> just beating the shit out of Curtis. Town on Curtis, and then man. some other random teacher comes in to break it up. But back in the lounge, Joyce is walking past the wardrobe that Stevens hiding in, and she opens the closet next to that, and out falls the dead body, Mrs. Davis. Mm-hmm. She runs out screaming for help, allowing Steven to sneak away. Joyce is now driven home by one of the other local cops where she finds a handwritten note on the door that reads, I'm playing in the junkyard, signed Timmy. So we cut to Timmy now walking down one of the alley, this alley, this back alleyway that like kind of links all their houses to get on this block. And he's passing by Debbie's backyard and Debbie's up in her tree deck and she sees him. He's like, Hey, come on up here. Come on up. He's like, eh, all right. He's like, yeah, he's like, all right, fine. So he climbs up, and as soon as he climbs up, he just then he just sits on the railing with face now, his feet hanging off the ledge, just sits there. And the camera sh- points down and it shows like this like sharp like stick or something that's sticking up from well, the ground like, right below. It's like him. a sapling, a tree that's a sapling sometimes needs a little bit of support to help it grow. So it's like a like a steel rod. Is it because I couldn't tell if it yeah. was a rod or if it was actually like a wooden stick. I think it was a steel rod that was holding the sapling up so it has some place like a follow so it can get stronger. That would make sense. I thought yeah. that too but then at one point when the angles it showed it and it looked like because it was like diagonally at the top so it looked like a broken off stick. Mm-hmm. Either way they show it and, and, and they, it's like oh all you gotta do is just knock Timmy off and he's gonna get impaled on this Exactly. Shit. So which we see Debbie then sneaking up behind him and she's ready to like push him she's off. She's got her hands up in a push position. She's slowly sneaking up behind Timmy, and that's when the phone rings, which ruins her chance to kill Timmy. And because Timmy's like, "Hey, your phone's ringing. I gotta go," and he just takes off leave. It's the most pointless scene. It's like, why would you? One, why do you stop to they're hang ten. out there just for they're, like two, ten, I don't know. ten seconds, and your phone rings? Like, oh, I gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> so anyway, meanwhile, Joyce is at the junkyard looking for Timmy now, and she finds the fridge that Tom, Timmy was locked in, and inside she finds his like light up. Pen thing. Mm. She's like, oh She's shit. Like, oh shit. He was telling the truth. Exactly. So now we see Steven pop up in the driver's seat of some old ass car wearing like a sack on his head. So Dude, he looks as creepy, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it really is creepy. It, he he kind of looks like Jason from part two, like right. Sackhead. Right. right. He's, he's got two eye holes instead of one. And uh, Curtis there is like next to him underneath the car seat, and he hot wires the car. And he Curtis Cur- is working the pedals, pedals with his hands as Steven steers. Steering. <laughs> yeah. And the two of them tr- are trying to like run down Joyce as she- but she's able to like run around and zigzag and avoid the car for a while. But she eventually gets her foot tangled up in like a coil of old wires and mm-hmm. she trips. At this point, the boys place a weight on the gas pedal. And tie a rope around the gear shift and then get out of the car. So the car is revving up. Yeah. They take the, they take the cord that's hooked up to the gear shift, jerk it, uh, perfectly goes into drive. Perfectly. And here it comes flying at Joyce's face. That doesn't go into reverse or neutral nope. first. Right into straight, straight into drive. drive. Well, I guess if they, if they had it in neutral and then yeah, put it down yeah, one, yeah. that would make it work. Yeah, that would work. Um, so uh, the car is speeding towards Joyce, but she manages to get her leg free. She runs. Uh, she dives to the side, rides the car, dives, drives by her off this small like ledge or wall, wall or like something. Wall. Yeah. yeah, and she stands there crying as a cop car pulls up, 
The cop checks out the car, sees no one. And then he gets a car on his radio about a call from Psychos. Mrs. Wilson about a psycho lurking in the cemetery and a psycho in the window while she was taking a shower. First of all, really, again, with this crappy way, like, this psycho talk is so... Psycho. Psycho. It's like, <laughs> nobody would be using that. They'd be, it's like suspect, mm-hmm. a person of interest, suspicious they even person. They psycho suspect. <laughs> and so, That's just fun. But also, fact, if she's in the shower, how does she see somebody in the cemetery or in her window if she's in the shower? That's a good point. Boom. Maybe she's tripping balls. Maybe she's tripping balls. <laughs> but it's not just her because they they get like more and more reports like apparently like everybody's calling Everyone's like seeing, reporting everything. Yeah, yeah. So the cop drives off with Joyce as more reports coming over the radio, and this leads us to Curtis, who is practicing his quick draw skills in the mirror. Attaboy. He and like he's like trying to be like duck out and okay he's like just wow quick draw, and once he's satisfied with his abilities, he climbs out the window and creeps down the alleyway. Where he comes to some random house where he sees a brother and sister playing in the backyard. Dude, I love Curtis. I love Curtis's style. I love everything about this kid. <laughs> so this trio of kids, you got Curtis who's always dressed pretty sharp. Yeah. He's always got like a tucked in shirt. Sometimes he's got a tie on. Curtis you know? wears basically two outfits the entire movie. Yeah. There's his funeral outfit. Take the back to three. Then it's his like khaki slacks, khaki slacks, like and a yellow, uh, like canary yellow shirt that he has tucked in. Tucked in with like Damn. a beige jacket on. Yep. And then he has his like khaki overalls that he yeah, wears yeah, in like yeah. two other scenes. He wears basically. He's got the sweet khaki jacket too. Yeah. Yeah, with like the, the part that flips up and his flannel underneath. It's like a plaid flannel print. He loves yeah, khaki. Dude, I, but his style is cool. And then you got Steven who's like the goon. You know, he's just the kid who's got the Little League shirt on. He, like, yeah, oh. he wears the Little, little League shirt. Throughout the, the entire time. movie. He's yeah, like, he has he's, one shirt. He's got that shitty bowl cut, you know, oh, from the 80s. Oh, helmet hair. Yeah, and but he's just kind of like the dumb goon. And then Debbie's the princess of the group. She's kind of, you know, she's kind of smart, and she uses her feminine wiles to uh, yeah. know, charm people. Yeah, I, I would kind of say that. Debbie's like the mastermind. Curtis is the muscle, and then Steven's just like the dopey third one. Just like, I'd say Curtis is pretty smart, too. I would say he's kind of, he's, he's got some brain, too. I'm not saying he's not, but Debbie definitely seems to be the ringleader, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Curtis pulls out the gun, and he's about to shoot these two kids when they get a call inside by their father. Curtis is like, eh, Dude, he moves Curtis on. just wants to go kill people. Yeah, he's just like... He's just <laughs> bored, and like, I just feel like killing. There's no reason for why he's going to kill no. these two kids. No, He's like taking aim with the gun, like, time to kill these fucking kids. Exactly. You know? <laughs> he's got no reason. Ex- yeah, he's just out to kill. He's just bored. And so he makes his way to Timmy's house, where we see Joyce reading horoscopes and... Astrology charts to Mm -hmm. Timmy. And we see Debbie then watching Beverly and her boyfriend Willard through the peephole. They start making out a bit. Debbie pulls out a bow and arrow, which is magic appearing in her closet, along golf clubs. Like, what 10 year old has golf clubs? Like, a whole golf bag, golf clubs. It's her closet. It's not her mom, but it's yeah, it's supposed to be her room. Yeah, but yeah, but she she starts getting into them making out. She starts she's like stops like planning like her murder. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, she's a fucking perv, man. She's like running her own little like uh, peep show, like a little porn shop in Brooklyn, yeah. Illinois. You know, right out of her closet here, and she's all of a sudden like getting turned on by her sister getting making out with her boyfriend. Yeah, Cause Woo, she, yeah, because she 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 stops lining up her perfect shot the arrow and she's. Um, and also knows this is where Belle, she has a sweet blondie poster hanging up in her room. She does, yeah. Deborah, su- Deborah yeah. Harry, yeah. Yeah, sweet poster. Yeah, good good call. I saw that too. 
Uh, we go back to Joyce, who's doing Debbie's horoscope chart, and she says that basically this is what boils down is that because Debbie was born during an eclipse, that both the moon and the sun were blocking Saturn, which means there should be something missing from her personality because Saturn controls our emotions and the way we treat people. So basically, this that's what this movie boils down to is that because of the eclipse, These they're kids, born without emotions. Kids are psychos. And psychos. So this is their astrology. Cheap, cheap astrology is what they're basing this whole movie off of. I love it. <laughs> and I love using the word psycho. <laughs> um, so we go back to Curse, who's still creeping around the alleyway. He Looking get, for something to kill. Yeah, he gets to Timmy's house. He spies on Timmy and Joyce through the window. Again, he pulls out the gun from his jacket. Now, keep in mind, we've already commented. This is the same jacket he wears throughout the entire movie, which should have a giant bullet hole in it from where he shot his teacher, but there's no bullet hole anywhere yep. in his jacket. Yep. Um, again, he gets murder blocked because a neighbor across the street gets into their car, turns on the headlights, which shine on Curtis. And so he has to scurry away. And he scurries away. Uh, but his murder lust is about to be satisfied because he comes across two <laughs> older teens in a parked van. Two randos. Two completely random high school kids, or maybe college freshmen, who knows, in a parked van in, in the middle of the street. The older teen, the kids are teenagers are stripping down. They ha- you know, start having sex. We get more boobs. The yeah, music, not bad. Again, the music here is sweet, sweet, sexy saxophone bliss. <laughs> it's amazing. It's one step away from being just pure porn music. Yeah. Um, and we hear the girl. The girl hears Curtis snooping around outside. Sends the guy again, to check Curtis out. climbs up on the van. He's like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's loving it. He's loving. It. He's like, This is free. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to pay my quarter. I have to pay twenty five cents. Uh, so at first, the guy sees nothing. They go back to making out. Making that, you know, and making that sweet, sweet love, uh, which, which the whole love, sex scene, it takes like 20 seconds. Not, not the endurance man this guy is. That's about right. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, right? that's right. Huh? That's normal. I mean, that's totally normal. It seemed normal to me. <laughs> uh, and again, they hear someone trying to open the rear doors of the van. So the guy opens the door. Yeah, and- it's like. Come on, man. You're completely naked. The chick's completely, completely naked. naked. They don't even get dressed you know I mean? like, Just throw the door open and be like, hey, you, cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he opens the door, bang! Get shot in the fucking face by Cur- a smiling, grinning like Curtis. Curtis smiling like, yeah. Curtis then gets in, climbs into the back of the van, stands over the naked girl who's screaming, and just plugs her full of bullets like, and empties the gun into her. Two. Yeah, like Just empties shots. the gun. And this whole time, he's there with the shit-eating green, just smiling just loving away. It, loving it. Now, first of all, how the hell he gets away with this, I have no clue. Because he's not trying to be quiet when you're firing a fucking hand cannon. Right. And he just fired six rounds off killing two people. The girl's screaming, too. And all this is happening in the middle of a quiet suburban street. And it can't be that late because little kids are playing in the backyard. Yeah. People are getting their car driving somewhere. It's probably like nine o'clock. Not maybe. even nine o'clock. I mean, geez, it's yeah, it's it's it can't be. Yeah, it definitely can't be ten. Yeah, eleven. It's, I, like, it's somewhere between eight and yeah. nine, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Everyone's so, awake. Well, uh, yeah, and <laughs> everyone should be awake. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, I have a hold on a second. I got <laughs> I got a bone to pick here for a second. That just really threw me off. Uh, yeah, here, here's the thing. Okay. Remember at the very beginning where we cut into the cemetery with the first, the two first kids, uh, it jumped 10 years later to June 1st. Yeah. Why are these kids in school in June 1st? Mm, summer school? 
Maybe, but nobody went. No kids went. To, like nobody went to summer school. Like they're in, Calif- they're in California. Maybe it's a different. Uh, Maybe that, that's weird. Because I just realized. Because like, okay, if it's eight, that dark at eight ten, it would have to be, you know, pretty late to be that dark early. Yeah. Which means it'd have to be either, you know, the fall if it's, or if it's, if it's like six o'clock and dark, or it has to be the summer. Which means it would be late. But why are they fucking they in school on June first? That's that's weird. Look at you getting the bottom of this. See, stuff. that that's mm, something's not right here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we cut the next day, and it's just the big, big joint birthday party for Curtis, Stephen, and Debbie. The whole town seemed to show yeah, up now. Like I mean, everybody's there. there. Everyone. Um, Curtis is in the kitchen. <clears throat> excuse me. He's in the kitchen with all these cakes, and he's- yeah, yeah, because. Um- Debbie is looking at uh, Joyce like she knows she's onto us. She's she's suspicious. We need to take her out. And Curtis is like, "I'll handle it." Oh, that that, that hasn't even happened yet. But yeah, oh, okay. Well, but well, we can yeah. just jump to that. Yeah, basically that's what happens. Um, but we see um, he, Curtis. Uh, they show us a can of like rat poison or something. Ant poison. Okay, it specifically it, says uh, ant, ant poison <laughs> because I'm looking at him like <coughs> ant poison. All right, you're going to try and poison the whole party with ant poison. At best, you're going to give people like a tummy ache and make them sick. That's it. <laughs> ant poison. <laughs> but still. You know how big a fucking ant Yeah, is? but I'm so like, who the hell leaves a can of poison sitting out on the counter next to the cakes during a kid's birthday party? Yeah, that's pretty stupid. That's just bad parenting. Right, that's irresponsible. Right. <laughs> so we where, co- where, where do we keep the icing at? Next to the ant poison. Yeah, we can't miss it. Right next to the next poison. Next to the ant poison. <laughs> So we cut to uh, which is right next to the bag of broken glass. You know, it's right there. <laughs> so next to the loaded rat traps. Yeah, like sprung ready to go. So we go to Beverly. He's getting dressed up in her bedroom, talking to Joyce. And Joyce finds the peephole, and she's like, she laughs and she tells Debbie or uh, she tells Beverly what Debbie's been up to. Uh, back at the party, Debbie. This is where Debbie tells Curtis, "Hey, we've got to sign." You know, she knows what's up. Uh, Curtis doesn't really care. He's like, whatever. No one's going to believe her if they think she's crazy. And then he walks off to carry out some kind of plan. Like, I'm gonna, I'll take care of it. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So Beverly and Joyce bring out one of the cakes, help light the candles. The three kids are caught over, make a wish, bought the candles, blah, blah, blah. The party rolls on. Yeah, and they're eating uh, off of sweet-ass Mighty Mouse plates. Yes, they are. Yeah, I was like, oh, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> I haven't seen that guy for a while. Um, everyone's shown eating cake, talking, just Party's going off. Dude, fucking pounding cake. Pounding <laughs> cake. These people are tearing through the cakes. Yeah. God damn. Uh, Curtis sneaks off into the kitchen. Beverly tells Joyce, hey, we need another cake. We're running out. Go and get one. So she does. And uh, she finds Curtis squirting like more icing from like one of those like icing decorating tube things. Uh, She's like, come on, Curtis, man. You're making a mess. Cut it yeah, out. Yeah. And she takes the cake, goes outside. Uh, conti- Curtis continues to cover more ice cakes. Ice. There's like five cakes. I mean, there's a and shitload cake. How much are these fucking people eating? Yeah. How many dude. cakes do you need? Dude, and they show people like with plates full of cake. Yeah. Just, oh, <laughs> like Maybe you wouldn't need, need so much cake if you give people like just a reasonable amount, like one yeah. piece, You're like <laughs> like a piece, not like a quarter of a cake Here's per person. Half a cake, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Knock yourself out. So, Joyce comes back in for another one, and C- Curtis quickly hides the poison behind his back. Upset with Curtis for ruining the cake, she knows that he's hiding something. He's like, hey, what is it? What do you have behind your back? He backs away, bumps into the counter, which causes him to drop the poison. In shock, she's like, what did you do, Curtis? Uh, he replies with the same shit-eating grin, nothing. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he she sees like the the tube of like the icing. What I don't know what you call that thing, that cake decorating yeah, icing I mean, it's just, sock it's just tube, whatever it is. It's just you just take like a flat nozzle, you cut a hole in it, you put icing, and you squirt it. Yeah, yeah. and whatever that thing is. Uh, he's holding that in one icing hand. Icing squirter. Yeah, he's holding <laughs> that in one hand and like the 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 uh, poison. poison the yeah. other. Um, so Joyce pieces this all together. She runs out of the kitchen, screaming in the backyard, knocking cake. Don't eat, yeah, she's hands. slapping cake away like a madman. You know, don't, don't eat, eat the cake. cake. It's poisoned. The crowd gathers around her. Curtis comes out and says that he wasn't doing anything. He saw the poison was going to put it away. Yeah, I was like, I was going to put that away. So Curtis, Joyce grabs Curtis and starts shaking him, like just shaking his shit. I'm like, you're a little liar, you're a little snot. And some of the other adults come over to stop her, demand to know what she saw. So she tells them everything. But, of course, nobody believes her. Yeah, the grandfather's like, my grandson would never do that. Scoops up some icing and eats it. And then Curtis is like, yeah. Goes over, scoops up some ice cream, and he eats it in such a fucking little douche dick way. Oh, it's such right a douche in her way. face. She's <laughs> yeah. You <know>? I'm like, <laughs> you little prick. Yep. Oh. So, and nothing happens to either one of them. So Joyce loses like... her shit on Curtis, accusing him of tricking her, <laughs> shaking him again, <laughs> making him think that, she, making her think that he poisoned the cake. Uh, brings up the fact that he locked Timmy in the fridge, and at this point, the older man. And so, like, had to pry her off of yeah, Curtis. She's about to whip his ass. Yeah, Curtis is ushered away through the crowd. And while he's being ushered away, he turns to look back at her with, like, again, that the fucking that, grin. That fucking, I got you, bitch grin. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, haha. Uh, we, later that night, we cut back to Joyce and Timmy's house. Uh, the two of them are talking about Curtis while covering up their windows with black instruction paper for some reason. But at first, like, oh, they don't, they just want to make it so nobody can see inside. But. It's only one pane of glass they're covered with one sheet of paper. They were getting started. That was my thought. They're just and they getting, getting started. started but they, yeah. And then you never see this again. Like, they never finish it. No. You never, Nothing ever comes of it. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> so uh, they hear a noise come from somewhere else hey, in the house. They curtains. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah that's the same thing. Just close the curtains. Close the blinds. <laughs> shut the curtains. Nope. We're going to put black construction paper on every window. Every frame. window. So Joyce starts slowly walking around the house to investigate. And she finds that the back patio door is open. And behind her, a closet door starts to creak open. And out comes Paul, Joyce's college boyfriend. He tells her he's basically blowing off his finals to come see her because he missed her. Which is, we all know, is the genius thing to do. To blow off the most important test of college. The ones that, for all intents and purposes, determine if you graduate or not. <laughs> Screw that, man. I got to go see my high school. Yeah, I got to go, go get my dick wet. I got to fuck my finals. <laughs> so they kiss, make out, and Timmy just leans up against the wall in the hallway behind him with his arms folded. He's like, oh, those darn kids. Yeah. What am I going to do with those two? <laughs> and George's like, hey, why don't you go to your room and close the door? And uh, Timmy again just like walks away smiling like, you crazy kids. You uh, crazy kids. You crazy Don't make kids. too much noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So now Paul and Joyce are in their or Joyce's room, and she tells him that she doesn't plan on going to college anymore because she just wants to be a reporter. Because you know what, you're right. You don't need college. For no, that. you don't need to go to that get that pesky journalism degree or anything. I'm sure the New York Post will hire you in a minute right out of high school. Like I didn't understand that at yeah, all. It's like I what? didn't get it. It'd be different if she's like, yeah, I'm going to a different college. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to the same college you're going to. You know, that would make sense. But she's like, I'm not going to go to college because I'm going to be a reporter. Where it's like, you know, you can do that right out of high school. Yeah. Like, garbage man, retail clerk, <laughs> reporter. Yeah, it's like, what? It's like, that's the, what? You have a horrible guidance counselor that is up. Like, what is happening? 
Who thinks you're just going to become a reporter straight out of high school? <laughs> That's pretty bad. It's awful. That's just shitty writing. I mean, that's just so bad. So we go, anyway, we cut back to Beverly, who's getting all dialed up in front of her mirror in her bedroom. Uh, and she knows she's missing some nail polish. So she yells out to Debbie, you know, did you take my polish again? Blah, blah, blah. She storms out of the room and into Debbie's room. She starts going through all Debbie's drawers. And inside, she finds the murder scrapbook. The murder book. Yes. In comes Debbie. Beverly calls her a little ghoul for having the murder book and takes it to show their mother. Debbie denies that it's her, saying that it belongs to Curtis, that he left it over here. Little bitch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the mother tells Debbie. Curtis under the bus. Of course. Of course. The mother tells Debbie that Curtis is no longer allowed to come over here. They're not allowed to play together anymore and tells she orders Beverly to burn, burn the it. book. So Beverly does. She takes it downstairs and, or into the living room. Where I think it's just a one-story house. I don't know. Burns the book in the fireplace. A pissed-off Debbie is behind her. She picks up a fire poker and it looks like she's about to attack Beverly with it. But Beverly turns around in time and just, like, takes it away from her. Says, yeah, what are you doing with this? And just leaves it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah, kid. <laughs> uh, Debbie then is seeing, she calls Curse on the phone and tells him, hey, you need to come over here now. Bring Steven with you. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the minion with you. Bring, bring the goon. <laughs> bring the goon. <laughs> Dude, Steven has like no lines. No, he's, he's, he's Steven's like the most no useless input. of all these kids. Yeah, he just, I like to kill two guys. <laughs> he's like, I just want to be part of the group. Yeah, I'll kill whatever. <laughs> <laughs> back in her bedroom, Beverly is doing her nails again, and Debbie goes back to the people, grabs the bow and arrow. She lines up her shot as Beverly is seen through the hole changing clothes. Debbie knocks on the wall with the arrow, like make a knocking noise to lure Beverly over to it. And then Beverly like, gets right, like, I right up to the people, like, shit. what are you doing in there? And then she just unleashes the arrow. The arrow flies through Beverly's left, left eye, killing her. Pretty good. Yeah. Debbie goes into, uh, then goes in Beverly's room and places a wad of paper towels under her bleeding eye hole that kind of like <laughs> soak up the blood, I guess. <laughs> Bleeding eye hole. <laughs> I, just, I just love hearing eye hole. We said it before on the Jersey Shore Massacre. <laughs> like, what's it? Moist eye hole or something so, like that. Moist, soft, moist eye hole, I think is what I said. I just love hearing the word eye hole. Eye hole. <laughs> Bloody eye hole. <laughs> so, uh, then she goes and lets Curtis and Steven in while the mother is seen taking a shower. So, Debbie leads the boys to the body. Uh, and Curtis is like a little pissed off that she didn't wait for them to come over yeah. so he could get in on the kill. Yeah, he was like, like come, what on, the, come on, what the hell? Why man? didn't you wait for us? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Curtis he, Curtis, the bloodlust. Curtis plucks the arrow out of Beverly's skull, out of her eye. Out of her eye hole. Like, he, he admires the blood, he admires it, and then he hands it back to Debbie, who just like, tosses it through the people again, back into her back own in closet. closet. Like, I'll take care of this later. Yeah, it's like, no big deal. <laughs> These people, kids, how do they manage to get away with this Boggles my mind because their inability to, you know, dispose of evidence. Yes, properly. but they do a pretty good job of getting rid of the bodies, though. Really? Because all they <laughs> <laughs> really let's talk about that ability to get rid of the bodies. Because uh, the two boys, because <laughs> the two boys just roll Belly's body onto a blanket, drag her down the hallway and out to the curb where they dump her next to the trash cans the for garbage. Where they and then they run off. And I don't know. Why? But for some reason, I love the fact that they just treat the disposal of Beverly's bodies like it's trash day or trash day. Garbage day! Oh, a little throwback <laughs> a little there. throwback. A little throwback But seriously, there. they just leave the body next to the trash can so like the garbage man, like he's going to come pick it up and just toss it in the back like, oh, 
Yeah, I know I wanted these. But it's like perfect kid logic, you know? It's just like, well, we need to get rid of this. We're going to put it, let's put it by the trash. Trash, I'll take it. You know? <laughs> oh, I love it. So, but I mean, they clean up all the blood, yeah, they get rid of the body. But they just leave the body on the curb. It's like, what the fuck? Um, so meanwhile, Debbie goes back to clean up more of the blood. The mother gets out of the shower and is like, hey, catch her doing She's like, oh, I spilled nail polish. And mom's like, oh, you're a good girl for cleaning it up. Just be more careful. Blah, blah, blah. Next day, we're now at Beverly's funeral. So, <laughs> goddamn, this mortuary yeah. does the fast fucking work. There's a quick turnaround. Because it seems like the next day. They don't say it's the next day. No, but it makes it seem that way. Anyway. I mean, I get what you're seeing. I Because they don't have any, like, two days later or no. something like that. Well, that's well, also like, that they, Yeah, I mean, they don't. They, they were born June 1st. And the, uh, in the eclipse, it was a June first, nineteen seventy nine. Then we jumped ten years later. No, I'm sorry, they were born June tenth, yes. and then we jumped to June first, ten years later, and we just had their birthday party. So it's been to June tenth. So it's only been at most nine days since the the cemetery killers kills. They do do quick work. So they're doing really quick work. Regards, the sheriff's funeral already happened, and now Beverly's funeral has happened in like. A week. Hey, Debbie's wearing that sweet dress again. <laughs> yeah, they're wearing the exact same clothes. Everybody's wearing the same clothes. Hey, uh, man, we just got it out. Might as well wear it again. <laughs> might as well wear yeah. it again. Um, so after the funeral, we see the mother kissing Debbie goodbye and telling her that she'll be out in a couple of days and is let off by a nurse and taken to a hospital. So the mother is getting institutionalized. Hey, you know Goddamn. That's, that's, that's understandable, man. That's a lot to take on. You know, your husband and your little girl die. By a quote unquote psycho. Who psycho. Knows. Yeah, so she's got to check herself in. But and still, but I, they I just leave believe... Debbie. Like, who's supposed to take care of Debbie then? They make no. Debbie's just well, like. They show her two adults standing there. I'm guessing it's like aunt and uncle. They don't explain, but, you know, there's two adults standing there with Debbie. It's okay. not like she's by herself. But that's just what like, makes it like just. going to have a sweet party with Curtis and Steven. But, but Debbie's at her house. Because the, the whole end of this movie takes place at Debbie's house because oh, well, she's like, Joyce, no, like, come, come babysit me. Well, yeah, because her mom's out of the hospital. They even say, my mom's out of the hospital, but she's going to go see a shrink. Oh, come over yeah. And okay, thank yeah. you. You're right. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, I withdraw. Thank you. I so, withdraw. I withdraw. <laughs> so uh, we go join with Joyce and Timmy. They're sitting on the front step talking about Beverly's death and yard work. Like, because, sure. you know. Oh, it sucks. My best friend's dead, and it's all. But oh, we gotta make these damn leaves. So this thing that bothers me too is that you know we've had one, two, three, four confirmed murders and one mysterious death in the police officer. So we've had five deaths, right? Yeah. So this is small town America. Oh yeah. Where's the help? For the police department, where is like the possibly even the FBI? Yeah, you know, again, there's you have in this four murders within, like you said, like just like a, a week. week's time. Yeah, you know where is like I mean that is a serious serial mass murder. Oh, right oh, there. oh yeah, don't forget about the two fucking uh, teenagers who were banging in the back seat, which we no, never nobody, hear no, about no, again. nobody's ever find find. So them. then there's there's, there's so there be four confirmed kills, and then the two kids. So that'd be six. Yeah, and then you have the one mysterious death. So that's seven people died all within like. A, a matter week. of days, yeah. like a week's time. You're right, and like the cops, like you never really you see, see them. one bumbling cop who's like, I don't know what's going <laughs> I don't on. Know. It's like Barney Fife. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. A great oversight of this movie. Like that place should be on like lockdown. Right? You think there'd be like a 
big time like like heavy police presence and you know deep investigation yeah they find you know julie brown's body in a dumpster you know <laughs> so i'm just saying what's going on here uh, where's your sense of urgency small exactly. town america so after the short yard works and whatever we cut to curtis messing with the wiring of the security system in debbie's house so again we're right back at debbie's house even though debbie shouldn't even be there or i don't know what's going on well debbie and steven eat snacks in the kitchen uh, they play hide and seek, and apparently they, Curtis was able to gizmo the door shut and keep them from opening just by placing some alligator clips in the security box. I mean, that's basically what he does. Yeah, he well, he reroutes, you know, whatever. And soon <laughs> after, they hear the sound of something hitting off the windows. They outside, they they look outside, and there's Timmy throwing fairly large rocks, <laughs> giant, rocks. giant rocks at these windows, which <laughs> don't break. He's like the size of softballs. These are fucking like stones. Yeah, big fucking stones. And He's just chucking at the window. <laughs> And according to Debbie, her daddy put in special glass. Like bulletproof glass. Yeah, so yeah. God, dude, what kind of paranoid freak was the sheriff? Pretty fucking paranoid. You would think like this guy's living in Detroit or like East St. Louis and, like, <laughs> getting, or getting ready for the purge. Right. Not living in peaceful, <laughs> picturesque suburbia. I mean, he's got a state-of-the-art like Fort Knox security system and bulletproof glass yeah, for yeah. his windows. And, and then this scene, the kids are like, there's fucking Timmy. And they're like... Get him. Get him. And they all go tearing up. I love this chase scene. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I love this chase scene, but Timmy's running on all three of them are just like, boosh, 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 boosh. like they got this look on their face. Like, like the fucking Terminator. I mean, it's like, like T-1000. T-1000 for Terminator 2. The way they're running is like, yeah. they just have this like serious, determined, oh, yeah. you are not getting away. Yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, look. And they catch him. Yeah. They run they, him down. Yeah. Um, all three of them are like in perfect stride. You know, it's like Kurt, Steve, Debbie, and they're all like perfectly like timed how they go and i'm just that's awesome no it was great <laughs> uh i will say on timmy kind of brought this on himself because somebody if you're throwing rocks yeah, in his house what a yeah, dick yeah, move, yeah, kid. yeah yeah you expect to be chased don't go don't go antagonizing and piss off the people who yep. you think have just murdered, murdered. three people I'm in the last few windows. days <laughs> like why piss off the murderers <laughs> so yeah the three crazy kids they chase and chase Tom, timmy uh back down the alleyway where they they, they catch up with them Curtis and Steven throw him to the ground. Steven covers Timmy's mouth and holds him down while Curtis begins to strangle Timmy with a garden hose. It's pretty it's pretty dark. Yeah. While Debbie just stands back and watches them she's do the dirty like, work. Like Again, this is why I think she's like she's like the mastermind. She's like, she doesn't get her hands dirty unless she absolutely has to. She she's enjoying it. Yeah. So, however, Joyce notices that her sprinkler and the hose is attached to are kind of being pulled and flopping yanked and flopping around. So she's like, what's that? So she follows the hose around to the side of the house and finds the boys trying to murder Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so Debbie sees Joyce and is like, uh-oh, my cover's going to be blown too. So she starts playing dumb, like, stop it, Yeah, stop exactly. Fucking conniving. Exactly. Sneaky, I told you, Debbie is Debbie. the master. She is the sneaky. She's the scariest one of them all, in my opinion. Uh, but she, yeah, she's like, no, stop, stop. You'll hurt him. So Joyce runs into help. She, the boys release Timmy. Joyce, like, she threatens the boy. She's like, don't, you know, you know, I'm going to call the sheriff, blah, blah, blah. And Curtis is like, Curtis again, he don't give a shit. Dude, Curtis pulls out this sweet line. He's just like, hey, like, he's like I'm going to call the sheriff. Yeah, just like you called me out for poisoning people. They're going to think you're crazy. And you exactly. It's like Curtis is like, play, he played his card. Yeah. He's just like, ah, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and so Joyce, like, grabs him by the collar and Curtis is like, hey, you better let me go. Or my grandfather will have you arrested for assaulting a minor. <laughs> So, of course, Joyce lets go, and the boys just run off while Debbie just kind of gives him a, a little grin. 
And God damn, this, this is what makes me terrified of kids. Like, really. <laughs> if they really know how like, much. If they realize how much power they have over adults, and like, this way, it's, which is really screwed up, it, it's, this is so much like that episode of South Park, which is like the, the show in the corner episode, where like they, all the kids like frame the adults for like, saying they molested them, and they all get hauled away. Like, <laughs> it's like kids have so much power, it's scary. Oh, the kids, they can manipulate it, right? Yeah. yeah. Watch out for your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fucking freaky. Or use your daughter. And it's another reason why I, I used... <laughs> no. Just use to manipulate her to make her, like, your pawn. It's like a uh, powerful okay. little pawn. I can just oh, wield her. Yeah, there we yeah, go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the three kids, they're back at Debbie's tree, tree deck. And Debbie's deck. putting together a new murder book. And the first picture they glue inside is Joyce. So she is now target number one. Mm-hmm. And we go back to Joyce in her garage, sharpening a set of garden shears. Debbie walks up, asks Joyce if she and Timmy can come over tonight to babysit. Yeah, she says, my mom's in the hospital. It's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, but she's got to see a shrink. Can you babysit? Sure. What time do I'm over there? Seven. All right, we'll be there. Exactly. So, so we skip ahead to Lair that night. Joyce is at Debbie's house. She turns on a security system and then goes to the living room to read a book and listen to her headphones. Timmy's asleep on the couch. Outside, we see Curtis and Steven looking through the window uh, excuse me, at, at, uh, at Joyce and Timmy sleeping. Um, <laughs> they, uh, Steven pulls out the gun and Curtis is like, no, you, f- you moron. It's bulletproof <laughs> glass, you idiot. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. So Steven then they, is a goon. Yeah, he is a goon. <laughs> so they just walk over. They knock on the door, rush off as Debbie turns off the security system, lets them in through the back door. And once again, Curtis attaches some more alligator clips to the security box to rewire it. Now, this is the same kind of rewiring bullshit job that reminded me of uh, that we or that we saw in New Year's Evil with the in the, the elevator oh, scene. Yeah, it's well, just, just alligator clips. He's just like, clipping different things. Yeah, just making the elevator go crazy. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what this is. He's just clipping alligator <laughs> clips of different things, and apparently he can. Make the doors yeah. not open. And the, they're not electronic locks. They're just doorknobs. Yeah. Like a lock and key, but somehow they're electronically jammed now. shut. Yeah. Damn. So, <laughs> Steven cuts the phone line using, like, the Michael Myers kitchen knife. And cuts the phone line in the kitchen, by the way. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Curtis and Steven stand in the doorway between, like, the kitchen and the living room. Curtis pulls out the gun, points it at Joyce, while Steven stands next to him holding the knife. Now, I need to comment on this before I go on because we, we mentioned a few times about this gun. And he's holding this in one hand. His right hand stretched out straight. Now, this gun is huge compared to him. I mean, it's thing is slightly smaller than like Rip Grimes' is like Colt Python from the Walking Dead series. Yeah, I mean, it's not a thirty eight, it's bigger than a thirty eight. I mean it's it, massive. It's a yeah. big fucking gun. It's gotta be like a forty five or like a short barrel forty five yeah. or something. The, it's a revolver. The, the yeah. kickback from this thing alone would be massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Curtis somehow magically has no issues holding it, aiming it, or firing this hand With cannon. Ten year old flimsy. Flimsy arm. One it's arm. so magical. Yeah. It's such bullshit. I'm not saying he's a he's a marksman by any means, but still, I mean, his arm. He, he should be getting knocked off his feet. That gun should be flying away. He should at least be using two hands. But no, he just like one hand. This thing. Like I'm just once away from him like turning to the side and going gangster style <laughs> with this thing. It, it's bullshit. It really bothers me. So, Timmy wakes up just in the nick of time to see Curse pointing the gun at Joyce. He yells out for Joyce to duck. Curse fires the gun, but Joyce ducks out just in time as the bullets start whizzing past. 
Debbie comes up behind Timmy and tries to strangle him with a rope. Joyce throws a lamp yeah. at Debbie, <laughs> hitting her in the face. He's knocking her down. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but the weird thing about this is, like, there's this, like, weird... You know, like, those movies where it's, like... um Okay, you have, like, you know, it's similar to the scene where, like, okay, so, like, the bad guy's got, like, a, a loved one or something, like, around the neck. Like, you're gonna kill, like, kill him. Like, if you move, I'll kill her. And, the, and then the other guy's got a gun. He's like... And, oh, my God. But the, the hostage is like, do it, shoot him, yeah. just do it. You know, don't worry about me, do it. Right. And the cop's like, oh, okay, fine, you know. But they do that same thing here. But it's like the there's it's the threat so lame. It's like because Timmy's I'm being throw this lamp. And Timmy's never like, like they knives like Timmy's like do it and, and just don't, Joyce like throws the lamp and smacks Timmy. But it's like why wouldn't you right, do it? It's right. like there's no reason not to do it. It's not like Tim's like don't do it. Like he's like oh, you move, I'm gonna kill him. Right. Like, he doesn't have a she doesn't have a gun. She has a rope. Like of course she's gonna do it. Like it's just so weird. Like that's even in the movie. Like. Do it! <laughs> Do it now! <laughs> it's just so weird. So anyway, yeah, she smacks Debbie in the face of this lamp, which awesome. was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it frees Timmy. Curtis continues to shoot at Joyce. Then she picks up a fire poker, throws it at Curtis, but that misses. No the gun runs out of ammo, so Curtis and Steven duck into the kitchen to reload. Joyce runs for the security system to turn it off so they can escape, but due to Curtis's alligator clips, she can't. <laughs> Damn alligator clips. Damn alligator clips. Uh, so Curtis gets the gun reloaded, and they go back after Joyce and Timmy, but they run down the hall, manage to make it to Beverly's bedroom, and barricade themselves. And so that's a lot of bees. Be- <laughs> Beverly's bedroom Beverly's, barricade. Beverly's bedroom barricade. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Curtis starts randomly shooting through the door, just trying to hit him. He's just blasting through. While Debbie then is seen back in the closet getting the bow and arrow back out. Going back to her, uh, you know, her old school style. Yeah, getting ready to shoot through the peephole. Now, here, the movie forgets that Curse is, in fact, using a six-year. Because, yes, they yes, show him reloading one. start shooting tons and tons and tons I mean, of bullets. Like, 20 bullets yeah, are fired without reloading yeah, here. Yeah, I was, I was doing the same thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, Because at first, like, whoa. oh, good audio movie. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. I, I appreciate when movies remember guns have to be reloaded. But here, they completely forgot about that, and it's just... Uh, Fucking yeah! It's just he's just shooting tons of holes. Yeah. So now there's also another problem here because Joyce tries to use the phone in the bedroom to call out for help, but it doesn't work, which is bullshit. Because, because Steven cut the one line, the one line in the kitchen. Not it's not which only means the kitchen phone would not work. We didn't cut like the master. Yeah, line. not the line yeah. that comes into the house. And so this it's again it's bullshit. It would have made more sense if you just took the phone with the hook. Yeah. Because then it'd be, because if it's one signal, then it'd just be like a busy signal. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, that would have made more sense. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, man, I remember those old fucking Oh, movies. yeah. I remember, like, picking up and my sister would be like, go the phone, Go the phone. Like, okay. And i just, like, act like I hung it up and I hit the mute button. The mute button. Just hold it in my ear and listen to everyone's conversation. Which I always thought was so weird. Like, why do those phones have mute? Like, who needed a mute button? So you could be fucking sneaky. Yeah, but, like, seriously, who, like... <laughs> But why even have that, like, uh, what dick's like, you know what, we're going to put a mute button on this phone so assholes can spot, listen in on their their family, you know, loved one's phone calls. Hell like, yeah. It's so awesome. But the same thing, it never worked for me. I, every time I hit, hit, push that mute button, people were like, get off the phone. They, like, <laughs> they, you, like, they would hear the mute button be pushed in, and they'd be like, they just know. I'm like, god damn, this thing's pointless. It's useless. <laughs> I, I was pretty good at it. I, was uh, good. I, 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 I never heard anything juicy. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, Debbie lets loose her arrow, and it narrowly misses Joyce. 
So Debbie, thinks she goes back to notch another one. Uh, seeing the peephole, Timmy rushes over, jams a hand mirror into it for some reason to block it, of all things. Um, which he just knocks out of the hole again. Yeah. Like, it's not going to stay there. Fucking Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joy, it might be you just, I don't know, close the closet door, maybe? Right. <laughs> just close the door. Put the clothes in front. Yeah. Uh, Joyce grabs the, this turtle tank, glass turtle tank, off of Beverly's dresser and tells Timmy to let them in. So he opens the door. Steven enters with the knife. Joyce, like, tosses the water from the bowl into Steven's face. Which, Distracting him. Yeah, which causes him, catches him by surprise, causes him to drop the knife, and then Joyce and Timmy just, like, throw him into, like, like this large wooden trunk. Bum rush him into the trunk. And lock him in it. Uh, so now Joyce and Timmy, they run for the back door to get the sheriff's gun out from the cabinet. Curtis enters behind him and tells Joyce, like, hey, that's only a replica bit. And he's like, that's the phony one. I got the real one, bitch. You're dead. Yeah, so Joyce, which they should have known already because they've been shooting that gun at him this whole time. Well, I guess she just thought there was another gun. I get it. Yeah. Mean, um, so Joyce like, gets in front of Timmy to kind of like shield shield him, like, being like you know the responsible bigger sister that I'm going to take care of him. Curtis uh, takes a step towards him, cocks the gun, pulls the trigger, but all he gets is a click this time. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, thank God. After he shot, like, you know, six rounds plus another five or six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Timmy then charges Curtis and tackles him to the ground. Again, starts to go in the ground and pound. Yeah, just punches him a few times in the gut while saying, I'm sick of you. <laughs> really, Timmy? I mean, that's all you're going to say to the kid who's trying to straight up murder I'm you for the past several you. days. Not like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm sick of you. You stinker. You <laughs> <laughs> You butthead. <laughs> Joyce comes to help, and they the two of them like hog tie Curtis. They, they hog straight, tie up, him. straight up hog tie him. Uh, and Timmy continues to tie up Curtis while Joyce uh, beats on the security system with a shoe, causing it to short circuit. Sure. So again, high tech, but pretty flimsily made. Don't, if it's don't take off the allocator clips. Get <laughs> just, your trusty shoe. Whack it a few times. Yeah, you're good to go. Uh, this gives Debbie the chance to sneak out a window and get away. Joyce sends Timmy over to the neighbor's house to call the police. Outside, Debbie spots her mother's car coming home. She runs out, greets uh, to the car, crying. She gets into the car, crying to her mother that St- Curtis and Stephen did some terrible things and that Joyce is going to try to blame her, too. So, again, she's trying to play like that. I'm innocent, Mommy. I didn't do this, but you're going to hear some shit. Uh, so, Debbie starts to tell her mother what happened. As the cop car roars up and in, and and the cop runs into that runs inside the house, and it's so funny because Joyce, like Debbie's mom's looking at all this and she's like, "I fucking can't handle this. I fucking can't handle this." And she puts the car in reverse yep. and drives away. Yep. They, she's she, like, my husband's dead. My daughter's dead. I'm she's barely hanging on to reality. I'm pretty sure my my daughter's a psycho, psycho serial she just killer. Sees the cops pull up and she's like, "Fuck this." Yep. <laughs> exactly. She's like, "Fuck it. I'm out." <laughs> Puts the car reverse, drives off it into the night. But she just like. Kick the kid out of the door. And be like, <laughs> Fuck you, kid. I'm out of here. That would have been hilarious. Awesome. Oh, I would have loved that. Uh, so we fade away and fade in on Curtis and Steven being escorted out of the police station and they're loaded into the backseat. It's like by to, backseat of a car by two detectives. And while their parents and the grandfather watch along, Joyce and Timmy. In shock. And All their parents. Children, oh my. Yeah. Now, Curtis again just glares at Joyce from the back seat of the car, and then it goes into a slight smile. Back to that sweet, sweet signature shit-eating grin. Yep. Uh, now we cut to like this desert roadside motel 
where Debbie's playing like a car jack. Like she's like, like a learning big how to use it. Yeah, car big, jack, big yeah. jack. She's raising it up and down. And the mother comes out of the motel room, and we learn that she has changed Debbie's name to Beth Simpson. Mm-hmm. And the mother's like, "Don't talk to strangers." Blah blah blah. And Debbie's like, "I won't." And from now on, she's gonna. She says, "I won't." And from now on, I'm going to be a good little girl. The bo- the two of them get into the car and they drive off. The camera zooms in on a semi truck and pans down to show the bloody body of a of the driver who has been crushed underneath the front wheel as if someone had removed the jack that was holding up the truck. Mm. Fade to black. Roll credits. Bloody birthday. Bloody birthday. Woo. All right. So let's go on to favorite kill. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. Not a whole lot this week. And again, just again, early 80s. So you don't really see a whole lot. Uh, but it wasn't still... nearly as bad as um, Terror Train. Mm. Terror Train was much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's uh, what, what do you, what's your pick this week? So I'm kind of torn. Okay. I'm a little torn, and I haven't been torn in a while. No, you haven't. You know, I've been pretty decisive. Yeah, I'm torn between the opening kills of uh, the makeout couple in the cemetery because that was just so fun. <laughs> right, right. And uh, Julie Brown getting an arrow in the eye. Arrow in the eye. Yeah, so I'm kind of torn between the two. I'm going to have to go with uh, Julie Brown just because, uh, you know, it's probably the most bloody, probably the most graphic. Uh, I thought it was kind of – it's – you know, it, it set up pretty nicely. I like. I have to go with that one, but I still really like the cemetery ones as well. Okay, um, I agree with you. It, is, it was definitely the bloodiest, and that's and that's staying alive because there's it's not even that bloody. Um, but I, I also kind of like at first I thought the uh, sheriff just getting negined because that was yeah. brutal. The first time I was like, oh, and, and, Jesus! And I didn't know anything about this movie. Like I just knew we were watching Bloody Bird. I didn't look at anything. I didn't splash a trailer. I didn't know anything. So when I watched the opening murder, didn't know it happened. You know, I, I kind of knew these three. Someone was weird about these three kids, and I was like, I bet something's going on. With these three, this shit, they just beat that fuck. You know? I'm like, holy crap! You know, like they, they did not waste any time. Yeah, I mean, it's that was... first. That first, that's the first murder where you see. Okay, the kids are fuck, just... and they did it brutally. Yeah, with yeah. a fucking baseball bat to the back of the head. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also with you because I love the opening one. The the shovel to the face is just. Mm-hmm. Donk. It made twice. me laugh. Had to hit him twice. Not once, but twice. He gets up and it hits him again. <laughs> you said they had three times with a shovel. I mean, one point you think, guy, just stay down. <laughs> just stop getting up. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, uh, air on the eye is good. I liked it, but I think just because it made me, I'm going with the shovel to the head. That's a great one. The yeah, great that's one. It's just so kinda... funny. It's just like thump, yeah. thump. <laughs> I mean, it's so done in some way. It's almost like something you'd see in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Right, like right. you expect a show to be re- removed from his face, and his face to be like all flattened out. Right, <laughs> like right, some of the cartoon. Right. I just, I do love they had to hit him twice with it. Yeah, I... three times technically. <laughs> three times. <laughs> all right, so let's go on to odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? All right, our ratings, IMDb gives it a 5.7 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, there is no official thermometer score, but it has a 36% audience score. And Amazon, pretty high. It gets a 4 out of 5 on Amazon. Uh, plot keywords, there were 103. 103. Uh, again, of course, didn't write all those down. I did write a good amount. Oh, wow. Um, Aaron, you want to take a guess here? Uh, 
Let's see. Child killer. Uh, uh, I didn't write that down, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, telephone. Nope. <laughs> uh, masked driver. Nope. Uh, boobs. Breast. Uh, breast. Titties. Uh, nipples. Okay, I give you that. <laughs> Julie Brown. Julie Brown, no. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I don't know. All right. Short skirt. Breast. Short Okay, yeah. Well. Sex in a van. Okay. Sex in a graveyard. Okay. Murder of a nude man. Yeah. Foot close up, which I thought was really some foot fetish fucking had to be. Who puts that as a plot keyword? Well, second, gotta, what foot close up was there? I don't remember there being a foot close up. I mean, yeah. it was kind of like when Julie Brown was making out with her boyfriend, she wasn't wearing any shoes. But it's not a close up. It, it wasn't like, a close up. Yeah, I yeah. don't get that one. So it's like the same thing with the panty people. So, the foot like, people and the panty dude, people. Seriously, the fetish people bombard, had to bombard this plot keywords because, like I said, we have breasts, uh, foot close up, pantyhose, nipples. Red bra and panties, as always, had at the panties, and panties hit the floor. Panties hit. Let the panties hit the floor. Let the panties hit the floor. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Panties hit the floor. Panties hit the floor. Oh, shit. We... God damn, that's so funny. <laughs> All right, moving on to trivia. Not a whole lot here this week. Uh, Lori Lethen did all of her own stunts in this movie, so which weren't a whole lot. It's basically just her running through the graveyard then. Or junkyard, not graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the astrology book that Joyce consults is Linda Goodman's Sun Signs. However, none of the material she supposedly reads out loud is actually from that book. <laughs> the house depicted in the film's colorful German poster is the same house from the miniseries Salem's Lot from 1979. Hmm. The film's French title is, I can't even pronounce it because I, I don't know French, but it translates to The Killers of the Eclipse. Underline, I want to try it. Uh, all right, and uh, and the German release was uh, Kinder des Twaffles, meaning Children of the Devil. And I'll I'll learn both those. That you uh, and then the last thing I'll before I hand it to you is uh, due to the lack of success of this film, uh, the the continuation there was supposed to be a sequel, I guess, with Debbie never never came to be. Hmm. Uh, so okay, the French there you go. See if Aaron can pronunciation of the La Toile de l'Eclipse. Le Toile. Le Like, you don't know if you're speaking anything. Like, it looks like Taurus. Like, Toile de l'Eclipse. And then the German one is Kinder das Tuffels. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what... I don't know. I, don't, I never took either one of those languages. Neither I took I. Espanol, motherfucker. Si, si, senor. Um, unfortunately, I could not find the budget for this movie, so don't get to do a budget game this week, which, okay. which kind of sucks. Um, but we do. Well, now, ugh, I can't talk. I'm getting tongue tied. We move on to five star reviews. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five-star reviews. All right. Five-star reviews from Bindi Sue. Bin- Bindi? Bindi. B-I-N-D-Y. Like a little spot on an Indian I guess. Bindi. B-I-N-D-Y. Huh. Bindi Sue. In Bloody Bindi Birthday, Sue. three sociopathic 10-year-olds murder their town sheriff, their school teacher, and a slew of naked teens. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed Timmy, the one kid... Who the terrible trio cannot seem to kill. They lock him in an old refrigerator. He escapes. They try to shoot him twice. He is saved. One of the little creeps even tries to push him from a high place. Only to be interrupted by the telephone. (laughs) Yep, Timmy is indestructible. Which infuriates the homicidal tots to no end. Go, Timmy! The maniacal threesome themselves are so bratty and psychotic that I hope for their demise. Billy Birthday is the perfect... 
near early 80s drive-in movie, especially since none of the adult females are able to keep their clothes on for very long at all. Five stars. Timmer. <laughs> exactly. I, I know. Go Timmer. Timmer. From Goddess Angie, and Angie is spelled A-N-J-A-N-E-E, and, and Johnny or Angie. Uh, I was a young girl when I first saw this movie. At times I thought I dreamt of this movie and that I imagined it. I was so happy to see that Amazon.com had a few copies for purchase. When I, got the, when I first got a DVD, I viewed this movie by myself. Later on that week, I watched this movie with my mother. She said it was okay. <laughs> a few days afterward, I watched that movie with my boyfriend. He had the same reaction that I did. If you want to know what reaction that was, then you must buy this DVD. Five stars. Titillating. Yeah, or who the fuck cares? Yeah, well, you're getting a five stars, so I think you liked it. Yeah, so. it, oh, it was pretty obvious. Uh, from Julie Hyatt, or James Hyatt, I'm sorry. Julie has a nice body, and she's hot. Five stars. Sweet. Yep. And maybe the best five-star review of all time from Claudio De G- De Janeiro. Look at the name, Claudio De Janeiro. Boobs, thumbs up, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs, thumbs up. That's, that's all it took was him to give it a five-star review. Classic. Boobs. <laughs> Love the simplicity of that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's wrap this up. Let's start closing down the shop here. Aaron, final thoughts on your uh, on your experience with Bloody Birthday. I'm going to say it's so bad, it's good. Really? I, I enjoyed it. it all was, right. It was pretty fun. Uh, it wasn't too corny with the kids. They really weren't, like... They didn't, uh, it wasn't cheesy. They didn't do it too cheesily, and they did it right off the bat. And they kind of had an interesting little story. They weren't the same three kids. They weren't like triplets. Yeah. They, they were all three separate kids who just happened to have the same birthday, born the same time. And it was just kind of weird how they had this bizarre connection. Uh, I, I liked, uh, I really liked Curtis. I really liked Curtis a lot. I liked his, the way the kid acted. Uh, no one suspects the kids. I thought they did a good job. I would love to see a fucking sequel. <laughs> I would love to see a fucking sequel where they get out like 20, like 10, 15 years later. So they're like in their early 20s. And you got uh, Debbie. She's, you know. They get out on their 18th birthday because they're minors. So they get out <laughs> on their 18th birthday. Like the, the mom has suddenly disappeared. Obviously, Debbie killed her. And she's, you know, like this young, hot thing who's using her feminine Yeah, I think the only reason Debbie keeps him around is because she's realized she's only well, 10. She's like, only 10. I, yeah. I have to keep her around. I, sure. I have to I rely on her. And then you'll have Curtis, who is kind of like smarter like he's kind of crafty and everything and then you have then you show steven who's just been pumping weights the whole time and he's like tom hardy or like bane he's just dumb just like just like all ripped and they get back together and they wreak havoc i want to see that sequel that would be fun that'd be fucking that'd be pretty awesome i'd love yeah i would the way you said i want to see that now yeah uh uh, um me you know what i i kind of lean the same way you are like i'm I it didn't. I didn't think I was gonna say so bad it's good, but I'm gonna say so bad it's good. But again, it's because it's a little different. It's not your strip slashers. You're not gonna go and expect to see like a blind guts, like a Friday Thirteenth or, or Halloween Nightmare Notes or anything else like that. But it's it is unique in a way that it's you know one of the first movies that did Killer Kids, which and sometimes I don't like the whole Killer Kid thing. Right, I, I could do without it because they do it cheesily. Yeah, corny like. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but this again, say it. I gotta say, so bad it's good, and the fact that you this movie would never be made today. The scenes like the kid taking a gun to school, a yeah. kid walking around a neighborhood just looking for people to kill. Like this would never exist today. This is only something you would see in the eighty early eighties. Uh, so, but it is kind of neat. I mean, like I said, the the the, the the dynamic between the kids, with the exception of Steve, who's just like basically a mindless goon, like we keep saying, yeah. uh, who barely has any lines. 
but Curtis and Debbie each have a, are so unique. See, in the sequel, and, they become like the love interest. See, they, that's they, what I'm they, talking about. And Steven's just, you know, he'll become the big muscular goon. Maybe Natural Born Killers is a sequel to this. No. Woody Harrelson, Juliet Lewis, right? Huh? Yeah, well, we'll Steven must have bit the dust. Yeah, Steven, <laughs> Steven gets shanked in prison yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I like how, yeah, like they, they were murderous kids, but each one was different in their way. They were different kinds of murderers. Like Debbie was the methodical thinking mastermind curse which is a bloodthirsty all my problem is curious is he would have gotten caught eventually he yes, was so yes. bloodthirsty and just kill 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 yeah, yeah. he would have made a mistake Why without debbie he killed, i mean he obviously shot the shit out of those two yeah. horny teens you know? i mean he yeah. they his kids would have gotten caught eventually but uh yeah i'm i surprised myself saying so bad is good it's right. worth at least one watch yeah, like totally. at least one time especially if you can get it for free like yeah you, on, YouTube, on youtube i swear to god it's it's fantastic quality too so uh wow all right surprise ourselves with that one yeah uh so that that's well, I, like i said i didn't look anything into it i was just like okay because i kind of like you know i just want to see what it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> i kind of like being surprised uh all right so that yeah that's it uh yeah so check us out on facebook uh if you haven't already uh check us out on instagram and twitter we're at so bad it's scary and then on instagram we're horrible horror podcast you can also find us on our website horriblehorrorpodcast.com along with uh, where you can download and listen to all of our episodes. You can also get them off of Podbean, and you can get them off of Google Play and iTunes, all 100% free. And remember, if you like anything or any questions, send us emails, tweets, Facebook messages, whatever. We'll get back to you. If you have a movie suggestion, let us know. We'll try to get it in. Uh, we love we love doing uh, listener-suggested ones. Try to do those as many as we can. Uh, I think we can have a few of those coming up in the next few weeks, as a matter of fact. So, But in the meantime, any, any closing words? Anything to say? Nope, not really. All uh, right. I'm going to take you out, grab something to eat or something, because uh, it's your birthday, buddy. Even birthday. Yeah. All right. So, so in the meantime, on me. <laughs> watch more horror movies. And for our remember, keep it We need something new tight. for 2017. Well, I guess we're not signing off right here. I don't know. Well, if you said, have any ideas for a closing, for a sign out, let us know. 2016. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's think about 2017. In the meantime, keep it Keep tight. it loose. Keep it loose. Keep it loose. Just let it hang loose. Loose butthole. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you, buddy. You keep that loose butthole. We're workaholics fans out there, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> we're not a rambling. Fuck it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>